God bless you all, and welcome to Core 242 Podcast with Pastor Max and Pastora Trish. Join us as we study the Word of God. Um, to be going through these steps of repentance, rebirth, um, and then receiving. I, I think it's just been so powerful to look at the Holy Spirit, and I was telling Trish, the more we've been studying, the more questions that I've been getting about it. And I think today... Today's teaching brought even more questions to me uh, because the Holy Spirit, there's so many things out there, so many things that are traditional and so many things that are um, honestly made up and some things that uh, from one translation to another, you can look at it different ways. Um, but that I, at the same time, I'm really excited about it is that the Holy Spirit, just like uh, just like God, it's undescribable. You know, I, I, I always loved that video. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard it. It's a long video. It's like, I wish I can describe him. He's undescribable. He's omnipotent. Yeah. He's like, and he like, describes this God in like 50,000 ways. He's like, I wish I could tell you about him. Like, there's no way. And, you know, and the Holy Spirit is the same way. Just as the God, the Father, the Spirit is, is the same. It's, it's, you can't. Put him in a box, and uh, as we go through some of the scriptures today, we're we're gonna see that and uh, understand it. Right. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the goal. We might have more questions than than answers, but but that's that's a good thing. At least we we have a space where we can uh, ask questions and and go through it. So I think I uh, I don't know. Do we want to start off with what Holy Spirit is not? Was that, was that be a tricky start? I think start? we should start with Acts chapter 10. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's go into Acts chapter 10. And I think uh, it actually kind of gives us a good, good starting point. Are you going to read? You want me to read? It's up to you. So starting with Acts 10, verse 44. So we want to read uh, 44 and we'll go to the, to the end of the chapter. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished at the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with the water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as, as we have. So we have ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. All right, so as we talk about this next part, we, we've been saying through this whole series about the Holy Spirit, that there's nothing that we can do um, to manipulate or control the Holy Spirit, that the cleansing work was the Holy Spirit's activity in our lives, and the consecrating work is the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. We, and the same, the same is true when it comes to receiving the Holy Spirit. When you receive something, you're not doing anything to earn it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's actually a passive action it's a surrendering. And I think one of the biggest ways that 
we as a church, not just CORE, but the larger church with a capital C, is we make this mistake that somehow the Holy Spirit, there's again this checklist that we have to follow in order to receive the Holy Spirit or you know, activate the Holy Spirit or you know, we, we come up with all these these hoops that have to be jumped through and we, we try to split hairs about baptism by water and being baptized by fire and and do you have to speak in tongues or not speak in tongues and, and we can get into some of those discussions today. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're doing you're you're actually not doing, right? When you receive something what it requires you to do is to open up. It's a passive, you relax, you rest, you allow. So in other words, you don't have to conjure anything up. You don't have to, and this is the mistake that so often we've made as Christians is we think that there's some way, if I just pray harder, then the Holy Spirit will move. If I just fast, then the Holy Spirit will move. If I just read my word or memorize scripture, then the Holy Spirit, if I if I speak these certain tongues and languages that nobody knows and I babble, then the Holy Spirit will come. You know, if I, when I worship and I say, I invite the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is already hovering just like he, he was at creation, waiting. It's, but the pattern in scripture is that God says, my spirit will not contend with you forever. So in other words, we're resisting, we're fighting the Holy Spirit. We want to do what we want to do. And even as Christians, we still can fall into that same trap because we, we pray to receive the Holy Spirit. We know we're a temple of the Holy Spirit, but we really just want to use the Holy Spirit to live our best life now. Mm-hmm. We want the Holy Spirit to bless where we go. We want the Holy Spirit to give us that job, to bless our family, to give us health, to give us wealth, right? And that's not how it works. When we receive the Holy Spirit, it's a surrender, the Holy Spirit now directs. We are just vessels. We go where the Holy Spirit wants us to go. We say what the Holy Spirit wants us to say. And we do what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. It is an act of surrender. So to receive the Holy Spirit, we have to open ourselves up and allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. There is nothing that we can manipulate or conjure and this story from Acts chapter 10, just starting here, Peter was still speaking these words and unknown to him, <laughs> the Holy Spirit just starts to come on the crowd, right? It wasn't something he said. It wasn't something he did. And they're Gentiles. They're not circumcised. It just totally blew their mind because it broke everything that they would have expected for the Holy Spirit to do. And the circumcised believers were astonished, the word says, because the Holy Spirit poured out on the Gentiles and they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So in other words, there were these signs, right? They hadn't even been baptized in water at this point. So, you know, even us, we're following, right? These, there, there is a certain way that God wants us to come. He wants us to repent. He wants us, right? And then we, we re- rebirth where we're baptized in water and then we receive the Holy Spirit. And the last part of this series is to remain. But this chapter is a great way. I love the story because it's just like they weren't even baptized. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do (laughs) is is lesson one. Let's start with that. If we want to receive what the Holy Spirit has for us, if we want to receive his power and his gifts and his presence, then we have to stop trying to put him in a box. Yeah. Yeah, I think. and, And again, scripture will prove scripture, right? So. 
from the beginning to the end, we're looking uh, that God is not a, a God of, of this is how I'm going to do it every time. You, you know what I mean? Um, you look, you look and God will use the chosen people, the Israelites, to bring him glory, right? God also used Babylonians to bring him glory when he, <laughs> when he punished his people. He said that my name will be, right. uh, be glorified. And he used this one, he used Assyrians, he used Egyptians. And then even with Jesus, miracles. I love how he does his miracles. You know, some miracles he's like, you were healed. And some miracles, let me spit in your eye or let me throw mud at you. You know what I mean? They're so, they're so, because if you would have just done it or lay hands on him, I'll touch you or go dip yourself seven times in water. There were so many ways healings were happening through the Bible but we were like, no, 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 no. In James, it says we have to call the elders. They need to anoint the person and lay hands on them. They will be healed. So this is the only way a person is going to get healed. You know, like we can't put them in a the box. God is not that kind of God. Mm-hmm. It would be boring if he was, you know, just rub his belly and he'll be okay. You know, this, God is that kind of God and, and it's exciting. So for us to um, have this small idea of how we're going to receive the holy spirit mm-hmm. is is uh, we need we need to open our minds to it because it will if we don't then we're not giving the holy spirit a full opening and again we, we remember this is part three like there had to be repentance before this there had to be cleansing you know so there, there's steps even if to it this. wasn't physical baptism there was a yeah, yeah they were preparing, preparing, like in that story, cleansing of their heart. There was something mm-hmm. happening with that with those people. Like this is before when God spoke to Cornelius, sent he sent his his people to get Peter. Peter came here. He's he trusted God a little bit. He didn't know too much about God, but he trusted God. So there's there was already some kind of relationship happening. There, boom, here's mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit coming. Right. Yeah, and he's he's stunned himself because here Peter. You know, they walked with Jesus and they they don't understand the Holy Spirit themselves, right? Not like at Peter all. is supposed to be the head of the church. And he's just talking and the Holy Spirit just shows up and they're like, Oh, I guess I guess Gentiles can be saved. I guess I guess the Holy Spirit <laughs> intends to make us all one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I love the fact that we never stop learning because it's a relationship with God, right? So our whole Christian walk is this journey, even after Christ's death and resurrection, when he commissions the apostles, as you read through the book of Acts, it's it's actually quite funny because over and over and over again, God just surprises them. And they, they're they like, wait, what? You mean we can we can eat pork? Like, wait, what? You We've can been have... waiting for bacon this whole time. <laughs> so, and, and Peter gets wishy-washy, right? Him and Paul get into an argument because Peter first says yes, then he gets... He gets skittish about it, so Paul calls him out on it. You know, there's you when you read the New Testament, you just there's still this ragtag bunch of you know fishermen and tax collectors. They just they love the Lord and they know they were sent by Him, but they it's so the Holy Spirit doing the work. They have no idea what they're doing, even though they walked and talked and lived with Jesus for three years. They're just making you know making things up as they go along, and they're just as astonished as everybody else around them about what God can do. And this was something that I was reflecting on this week is that, you know, with, with core, we don't, we don't have everything together. And, and we know with humility that we're on this journey and we're learning and we're going to make mistakes. 
And as you look at the larger church, there's times when we have conversations, right, that are so fundamental. And it's like, wait a minute. I know we've all had these moments. Like, how could I have been in church for 20 years or whatever, and I've never heard this? Or why do churches teach it this way when clearly scripture says that, right? We've had a lot of these epiphanies. But what was really redemptive for me this week was that God allows that because he says, even though we're going to look back and y'all are going to get it so wrong, like the way you do worship, the way you do church, the way you do, the way you read scripture, the way you, you're going to do it all wrong. He even knows that in Revelation, right? He talks about the seven churches and he outlines how they're all going to screw it up. He knew ahead of time that we were going to mess it up just as bad as the Israelites did. And yet he's still sovereign and the Holy Spirit still dwells with us. And, and we still find him, right? We still find salvation. We still find healing and redemption. Even though we've done everything we can, God made it so simple and we make it so complicated and we totally miss the mark. But the Holy Spirit is so sovereign that, that God's will will be done and his kingdom will come uh-huh. on earth as it is in heaven, right? In spite of... In spite of us, not because of us, not because of our martyrdom or our missionary work or our good deeds. It's actually in spite of ourselves. So the other story that we want to look at is um, Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 9. If someone wants to read. I'm sorry, what was that? Um, Acts chapter 8, we're just going to go back a couple pages. Acts chapter 8, verse 9. Yeah, we'll read from... But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him, because for a long time he'd amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. When the apostle in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Simon noticed that the Spirit was given only when the apostles placed their hands on the people. So he brought money and said to Peter and John, Let me have this power too. Then anyone I place my hands on will also be given the Holy Spirit. Peter said to him, You and your money will both end up in hell if you think you can buy God's gift. You don't have any part in this, and God sees that your heart isn't right. Get rid of these evil thoughts and ask God to forgive you. I can see that you are jealous and bound by your evil ways. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord, 
and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So this this text is just confirming what I was saying about the when we approach the Holy Spirit and we try to come up with ways, right? We want we want the gift of healing. We want to be able to speak in tongues. We want the signs and wonders, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect example of what so many of us do in our approach to the Holy Spirit. Right. And Peter just turns around and and instead of blessing him, he just he curses him. I don't think he saw that one coming, right? Blast <laughs> him. No, it's, it's it's just hard, like, reading this and reflecting on the American church. Like, I, I, I that, that was like, I, I, got, I got, my spirit got saddened about that. It's like, ooh, miracles. Let me give you money so I can, like, like even that part that he gave the money to get the gift of Holy Spirit. You know, it's like, and I, there's been... There's literally telemarketers out there like if you send us money, you will be blessed and the Holy Spirit will be upon you and your family will be healed. And I'm like, oh my, oh my wow, that's that's this. That, that literally, that, that that's kind of what it's talking about. And that that's yeah, that's absolutely that's a lot. That's that 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 really grooves my my spirit to to even look at that because. I don't know. We we gotta be close to the Holy Spirit. There's so many ways. Um, there's so many ways to manifest the Holy Spirit. There's so many ways the sport Holy Spirit looks like. And you know, I, I definitely won't, um, looking at the scripture, and we can discuss this in a little bit. But what is the what is the purpose? Like, what is the why do you want the Holy Spirit? And and even be, even before that, like I don't know how how is it for you guys, but to even reading that that uh, that he believed in Philip's teaching, which is, was the gospel. He was baptized, but he still didn't have the Holy Spirit. Like you know, so so it's just one, even uh, not only him, the other people too. Till till um, till Peter and John showed up. They were just baptized. They they were believers. They were baptized in water, um, but they still didn't have the Holy Spirit. So even even having that concept of so when do we when do we receive the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. You, you know, and that was I think one of the big discussions the the Trish and I had for the past twenty three years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but so even in that, you know, when do you? The disciples, they received it when they were praying and the mm-hmm. tongues of fire came upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. Then the Gentiles, the, they were just listening to to Peter even before they were baptized and they got the Holy Spirit. You know, it's just so many different ways the Holy Spirit comes. To, and again, because it's a gift that we receive, we don't have any control over it. It comes on you when it, when. It comes on you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know that that sounds kind of uh, simple, but I, I truly believe that that's what it is, and we need to um, believe it. But I think what what we want we we need to have a place where he can come in. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's an important aspect of it. 
Like, I think Simon, he did all those th things. He believed and he got baptized, but his, his, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't ready to have the spirit in him because there was all this stuff. Like, I mean, uh, Peter blasted him. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Mm -hmm. Even though he knew the gospel, even though he was baptized, his heart wasn't there. You know, so people come to the to the altar and they say the prayer and they go to church, but their heart is not there. So the spirit is not filling, and therefore the you don't see the spirit working in them. So there's the same struggles happen each and every every week and every week they come up and every week they pray, and God is not doing anything in their lives because their heart is not there. There, it's not open mm -hmm. for the spirit to do anything. Well, and I think there's a difference between, you know, the Holy Spirit giving someone patience, you know, working out those things in someone, and like, you know, stories of miraculous healing, or, you know, something of that nature. And I think sometimes we group those all together, but to me those are very different things, right? Like there's supernatural events that happen. And then there's like the grace of God worked out in an individual believer, like for their own edification. And I liked how one pastor explained it, that it felt like the, that type of thing, the latter, is like they're always walking with the Lord and he's always holding their hand. But there's times when it's like he's giving a squeeze of a hand, like when a parent is just like being extra affectionate, like, hey, I got you, I love you. And that's how he was explaining what it was like when the Holy Spirit was like, when he could see it more because it was always there in him as a believer but there were times that the lord made it more obvious to him like hey i'm here but the more miraculous things i think i feel like those are a separate thing altogether and when churches like group them all together i think it's kind of dangerous because then people feel like just because they've never laid hands on someone and seen them like get out of their wheelchair they don't have the holy spirit when those mm -hmm. are two very yeah. different scenarios yeah right yeah so I think it's it's important for us to realize, first of all, that every breath that we have, like we sang during worship, comes from the Spirit of God to begin with. Mm -hmm. So there is, apart from, from the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. So that's why I think it's hard to narrow down and say, well, at what point, right? Like we're trying to split that hair of like... Yeah. Where do we receive the Holy Spirit? And I, I really believe that there is this this process of that opening up and unfolding the fact that we exist at all, every, that we were alive and breathing, means that the Holy Spirit is present and trying to move and work in our lives. And so as far as when the Holy Spirit comes, what I see in Scripture, I mean, Acts chapter 2 Verse 17, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, mm -hmm. right? Your sons and daughters will prophesy. They will dream dreams. He says, I, and he repeats it. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then it finishes in verse 21. Um, this is Acts chapter 2. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so as you read scripture, the only reason why we don't see, again, the gifts of the spirit, the graces, right, such as, prophecy, teaching, these sorts of things, God doesn't give us so that we could feel really special. He gives us these gifts through the Holy Spirit so that we could be made new. 
so that we could become like Christ. That if if we are people pleasers, he may give you the gift of prophecy because you're going to have to deliver some uncomfortable messages mm-hmm. that people aren't going to like, right? If If you're insecure about your education level, he may have you become a teacher because it forces you to get into the word and to step out of your... Because then the Holy Spirit is given glory, right? God is given glory. His power is made perfect in our weakness. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people like to flaunt certain gifts or whatever. This is like you're, you've totally you've already missed the mark because right. your gifts are actually an indicator of what you lack. Yeah. God will give you a gift that aligns with what you need, and then those gifts are just the means to the end. Like Christina is saying, to the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. God uses those tools mm-hmm. to grow and cultivate. Just like when you're growing a garden, you have, you know, your shovel, you have, you know, all your tools to cultivate that garden. Those, those graces, those gifts of teaching and prophecy and so on and so forth are really the tools to cultivate us to be more like Christ, to grow love in us, to grow humility in us, to grow compassion. Those fruit of the spirit are, that is the end goal, not the miracles and signs and wonders, which is what Simon, right? That's the mistake that Simon made. Yeah. And, and he gets rebuked because his heart is envious and wicked, right? Because God is looking at a change of heart. He's not looking for us to do signs and wonders. Uh-huh. That's not the goal. So the only two reasons, though, why, why what I can see from the book of Acts and from Scripture that we don't see these evidences more in our life is one, we either just don't know, right? We just don't realize that this is possible. We haven't been taught. We don't know. And this, there's an example of this in Acts chapter 19. It says, uh, Apollos was at Corinth. Paul took the road and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. (laughs) So Paul said, then what baptism did you receive? And he says, John's baptism. And Paul explains John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, right? Which is what we already learned about. Baptism that we do, that's, that's, you know, the symbolic of the death and resurrection that we're being baptized um, into God's kingdom. It's a baptism of repentance. So he says in, this is in verse four, he told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus As Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 of them in all. So again, we start to see these things and and we can't, there there should be a part of us that maybe is resistant because we keep hearing like tongues and prophecy or whatever. There's a lot of gifts, but those are obviously pretty visible ones. We can't say that if you don't do one of those two, you don't have the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Nor can we be like, oh, I want to do this so that I can do that too. Because that's where we get into trouble. We have to understand what their purpose is. So the first reason why I don't think we see more evidence of this in in the church is because we just don't know. We haven't been taught. We don't know who the Holy Spirit is. Or if we do know who the Holy Spirit is, we think the Holy Spirit is an it or a power or a force or whatever, we don't have an understanding, (laughs) the force be with you, right? The second, right, and also with you. The second reason that the Holy Spirit doesn't work is a a pretty obvious one. Uh, This one is Acts chapter 7, right before they kill Stephan, he says, you stick-necked people 
with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So really, if we are like, Lord, I, I want to receive the fullness of what you have for me. Like, Holy Spirit, I want, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to live out my purpose and my calling. I want to experience the fullness of your presence. And I know it's not going to happen in an instant, but I want to be part of that process where day by day, I'm being made in the image of Christ and I'm, I'm growing in the gifts. Uh, I'm growing in the fruit of the spirit. God's going to honor that. And one of the ways that we do that is through the anointing and laying on of hands. When they say laying on of hands, there's an, you know, you use anointing oil and you lay hands and you pray, uh, which we can get into that in a minute to just unpack some of the mysticism around that as well. But if we're not experiencing this in our lives, there's really only two reasons. One, we just didn't know. We didn't understand. We hadn't been taught. And two is that we're resisting it because while outwardly we're saying that we submit and surrender to Jesus, Lord and Savior, our hearts are still resisting the move of the Holy Spirit. We still want what we want. We want to do what we want to do. We want to say what we want to say. And we're not truly allowing the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's that whole thing that we talked about last week about being consecrated, to be set apart for God, to say, like, this body, my life, belongs to God. I'm here to do His will, to do His work. And then we surrender. Now, if our life still shows that we're not surrendering, we're not doing this, we keep on doing our, the things that we want to do, then, then there's that struggle that sometimes we'll... we'll prohibit the spirit to, uh, to work in us but that and that, that's something that we need to pa- pause and reflect on our own am I allowing the spirit to work in me or am I just like yes lord but I want to do this you know it's the, the whole thing that we always I always bring up in the baptism when the soldiers were baptized with one hand out with a sword he's like yeah I, I give you everything except this I still want to kill people you know, it's it's that thing. Like, do we do we do we give it up? Do we say that this is the the, the temple? Is this God's temple in your life? And um, just really quick, uh, before we move on, just because you know, as church teaching, I'm kind of hearing where she's going, and I just want to jump into one verse because I kind of wanted to say it at the beginning, and I totally forgot the, the importance of why the spirit needs to be. Um, in us this is in Matthew chapter 12 uh, 43 through 45 Uh, this is Jesus speaking says when an evil spirit comes out of a man it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it then it says I will return to the house I I left when it arrives and and it finds the house unoccupied swept clean and put in order then it goes and takes with the seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. And, and those verses like really hit me because we might go through the repentance at the altar. We might even go through the cleansing part of, of trying to, to get clean, to, to strip away all those things. Uh, to pr- prepare ourselves to be holy, but then if we don't seek 
the Holy Spirit and be open to the Holy Spirit, to receive the Holy Spirit, that's when all the, all the evil things that we repented from the beginning is going to come back and it's going to come back even worse. And sadly, I've seen that in, a, in, in people around me where they, um, you know, they go to church or they go to a retreat. This is a big one. They go to a retreat and it's very hyper and emotional and Jesus loves me and they get to the altar and they're on fire for seven, 12 months and then they crash and they crash hard because they were never, they never got to a place of full surrender and full opening of the Holy Spirit. Like, I, I don't know if, I don't know if any of you guys experienced that with your friends, um, but, but I have. So the importance of receiving the Holy Spirit, um, being open to receive the Holy Spirit is a very important aspect of it. Because if we don't, if we don't fill that hole, um, it might be worse. It will get worse. Well, and that goes into the whole, like, creating an atmosphere, which is manipulative a lot of the time, especially at youth events, where, like, here we've got a fog machine and the lights are just right and the music's emotional and, you know, especially as a teenager, you're really very vulnerable. You're very emotional as it is. So it's very easy to get someone worked up and then they make all these promises, and it's this big event, but when all that's gone, like, it wasn't firmly rooted in anything. Like, yeah. the only way they can, quote-unquote, connect with God is if there's, like, fog and stuff. <laughs> like, you know, and I've been that's there. Fun. I have been that teenager where I really thought I knew God, but all that I knew were a bunch of worship songs and, like, special effects and people getting the vibe of the room right. And sure, sometimes I heard from the Lord and I believe that, but a lot of the times I didn't realize how manipulative like the setting was. Like could I couldn't I have heard from God in like a field with a, like an acoustic guitar with a bunch of people? Well, sure. It could you know, you could hear from God without all that stuff. But when we condition kids that that's the only way you're going to hear from God and then call it the Holy Spirit, it's it, it creates some issues, like major issues. Okay. So, you know, again, that's a style thing. Not every church is like that. But in our mainstream evangelical settings, that is usually what we see. And it's just very damaging because it gives kids this idea that, like, like I have friends that say they can only worship if a certain Christian artist is playing. That doesn't, that's not true. That's not true. It's that they've been conditioned to believe that. Mm -hmm. So we need to, like, teach people to just come to the Lord. You know, and that his presence is there. He doesn't need a band to introduce him. He doesn't need an opener. Mm-hmm. He is the main event. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think you're you're hitting on something that's actually, we didn't really get into that part of it. But it, it's quite terrifying because when we started with the story of Simon the Sorcerer, right? He's going around saying and doing these things and people are attributing and saying that he has the spirit of the most high God, right? That was great and what it is is that we're conditioned and what we think is the presence of God, what we think is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, is tapping into some sort of spiritual force, but it ain't the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that is that is quite sobering, right? To think of the atmosphere that is created so often in, in Christian circles. Uh, are we really hearing the voice of God, or are we hearing some sort of 
manipulation. And even you know? more scary than that is the Bible says that someone that will present themselves as God someday is going to do signs and wonders. So right. if all we're looking for are signs and wonders, we're not going to find the Lord. We're going to find a counterfeit. Right. It's deeper than that. He's not just a God of tricks. Yeah, that's when it comes in. I mean, even Christ, he's, he told people who followed him, you're, you're here for just signs and wonders. Uh-huh. You're here because I, I just fed you. You're not here. That's why John 6 is so stern. Yeah. Like in John chapter 6, he, he just, he comes in with this, unless, unless you hate your mother and father, <laughs> unless when you eat my flesh and drink my blood, and everybody's like, them all away. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> And then he looks at his disciples. I'm like, are you going to leave me too? He's like, we left everything for you. We believe in you. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's that. And that's the commitment. I think that's the commitment. And as, as us as believers, it's that, it's that, it's that line of, of your commitment. Are you there? Because, you know, it's good. It's, it's a cool. You know, everybody's doing it. it makes and, you feel good. And it makes you feel good. There's food there, you know, like, um, or you just yeah. gave everything and there's no choice. There's no way. No, I'm, you know, I mean, they left him at the end, but we're not going to talk about that. They'll run away, but we're not going to talk about that. It just reminds me of Amos chapter 5, um, verse 21 and on. It says, I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring fellowship, I will have no regard for it. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Let justice roll like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. And that's so key is that we can't get so focused on the fog machines, lights, music, the charismatic preaching, the the feeling and the emotion, right, of the of the crowd mentality, the signs, the wonders. I mean, the list just keeps going on and on. Um, even a good mission and vision and business plan right because it's going to lead us the wrong way but we have to look at what you know a tree by its fruit what is the character that's coming out of it yeah are you cultivating joy and love and you know where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom are you finding freedom in christ Mm -hmm. or do you just feel like you're having these religious burdens dumped on your shoulders There's there's certain things that we need to look for to say, hey, something something is off with our barometer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there love above all? Is there love right. in all your things? It's I, I told Trish a couple of days ago, I, I read a snippet and my I read my Devo devotional and one of there was a sentence that I think defined a lot of it for me. They said obedience without love is legalism wow and and i just i just thought it was so powerful because i I, I always took offense about legalism because i'm one of those people who like to check off boxes it's easy for me i prayed today i worshiped today i read my bible today i i was kind to people i did good it's easy for me because i i follow instruction i'm the i'm the i'm the guy that follows instruction of ikea you know what i mean it's so it's easy for me. So when I started, became a Christian, it was easy for me. Like, all right, what do I do? You need to pray. Okay, I'm gonna pray. Like even like, what do you gotta do? You gotta feed feed the hungry, give the something to drink for thirsty. I did. I literally. He, I'm like, all right, I do I have homeless to do ministry. Prison ministry. I have all right, to. I haven't done prison ministry. Anybody want me to visit anybody? Oh, okay, I'm gonna go. Oh. Like straight up, I'm I'm that kind of person, but. 
<laughs> so that the but why was I doing this? Was I doing this to check off or was I doing this out of love? And that's an important aspect of it. Because reading your Bible is is good, you know, but are you doing this and like, man, I gotta read my Bible. It's just I, I love reading my Bible because it brings me closer to God. So now this obedience shows love my love for God, not just the legalism aspect of it. So when we when we seek the spirit is this out of love? And uh, when we show the fruit of the Spirit or, or um, gifts of the Spirit, is it for love or to get notice or to feel better about ourselves or whatever it is? And that, that's, I think that's the 